is Sunday night is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? What a marathon week this has been, my friend. But I'm uh, doing very well, and it was a very good week. Well, yeah, you said you had a long day yesterday, so we have moved the show to tonight. Yes, I did. And once again, we moved, we even moved the show back an hour. So I do appreciate um, your flexibility there. Well, this was good because I needed rest too after the long day I had yesterday as well. Yeah, I uh, I had six plus hours logged on the road um, wow. yesterday. So it was, it was, it was definitely in one of those marathon days, but it was fun. And, uh, yeah, man, and in our absence, um, the wrestling world decided to explode. Yep. Um, so we'll we'll get into that. Obviously, if you guys were wondering where the hell we are, um, you know, we just had some prior commitments to take care of. But fear not, my friends, uh, we are back, and uh, this should be a good show for you. And uh, before we went on the air, I showed you uh, this picture I, I had on my air profile. And I told you said this was pretty, pretty cool, this one. Yes, I which agree. Was, which was the last uh, minute one because I couldn't find, uh, I was looking for something good, but uh, at the last minute, I just uh, went with that one. That now. I'm into all this old time radio stuff, like these radio shows from the forties and fifties and stuff that have all like horror themes. Cool. And this one is a Canadian series called Nightfall that that was around in nineteen from like nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty three. And now you know I always scare you with the creepy pictures that I put up. Right. Yes, he's very well known for that, folks. A little behind the scenes tidbit. But some of the shows, some of these episodes, even scared me so much that I had to turn them off or I had to stop because they literally scared me. Like the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. So I was terrified I was. Well, I, I, I think that's the point of. Uh... Of horror movies, but yeah, but I mean, I, you you know me, I I don't get scared. <laughs> I'm well, usually but, scaring you. These ones terrified me. These episodes. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm not really a horror guy, though. I got I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I'm more of a comedy action um sports guy. Yeah, I just I just, I just do that just to. Uh, just to uh, see the look on his face when he sees the creepy pictures I put up. <laughs> and, and trust me, I, I do not disappoint when it comes to reactions. But, but, but let me see. Um, so th- this ran until 1983, and they had to cancel this show. I think it could have gone on maybe another year, but they had to cancel it. What, and why is that? Because now, okay. Now look. Oh God! <laughs> this show was produced uh, from three locations: Vancouver, which is out out west, okay. Yeah. Toronto, and uh, I believe um, 
Montreal or one of those other places. I can't think remember offhand, but um people called in. And here's the reason why they had to cancel this. People actually called in and said it was too scary. Oh dear. I that's the point of the shows. (laughs) (laughs) Too scary. Well, then just don't listen to it. What's saying? Come on now. And now, okay, here's a, because we've been away for, for, it seems like forever. So I don't know if you uh, heard about the baseball game on uh, Friday night. Uh, no. Oh, my. <laughs> Toronto did not uh, just beat Boston. They destroyed Boston. What and what happened? Here's the final score. 28 to 5. Oh, Lord. 28 to 5? 28 to 5. Because we recorded the show on Friday night, and as soon as I logged in, um, Tony had the baseball game on because he's a baseball fan as well. And he was telling me at the, at that time when I had logged in, it was twenty five to five, and they and uh, right as we were waiting to uh, record, they scored three more runs. I'm like, so it was thirty one to five. No, no, it was twenty five to five in the fifth inning, but then they scored three more runs, so it, oh, it, it went up to twenty eight. Yeah, Boston's getting getting <laughs> humiliated. I'm like, what is going on? And they and they, Toronto beat them again today, eight to four. What is going on here? Well, that's not nearly as bad as as no, you know. I mean, I've never heard of that of anything like that. Boy. No, I mean, I I saw it one time with with the Orioles because I'm an Orioles fan, and luckily we're doing much. Better this season, even even if we still are in last place, we're doing much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I believe we lost thirty-one to three one year uh, oh, to wow. to, uh, to Texas. Oh, so I mean, I've I've been there. I yeah. feel your pain. I understand. No, not my pain. Boston's pain. I'm fine. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but, uh, but still, yeah. That that's that's very embarrassing. Oh man! I'm like wow. Yes. Yeah. So I just looked it up. There, uh, the Red Sox are one game ahead of us. Uh, forty and they're forty-eight and forty-eight, but in the last. Ten games, they're one and nine. Oh. Um. Whereas in comparison, we are forty-seven and forty-eight. Um. But we are six and four in our last ten. Yes, that's not bad. Holy, Austin is terrible. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk wrestling. So um. We have quite a show tonight. First of all, we have all the news because Ben, you informed me before we went on the air that you have some news uh, from the wrestling world. 
Well, yes, I, I do. But in addition to that, you know, we have we've got to discuss uh, what made the wrestling world uh, implode, explode, whatever terminology yep. description you want to use. Let me tell you something, folks. July 22nd, 2022 will go down as the biggest news day in the history of uh, professional wrestling, in my opinion. Now, um, so, well, before you go on, uh, so we have that new, we have new the news which you're about to uh, tell our fans. Uh, so this week, the weekend wrestling, we have G1 Climax Night 3, 4, and 5, and ROH Death Before Dishonor. Which, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, did not get a chance to uh, to see that show, um, see if you can find it or uh, you know uh, order the replay. Because let me explain something to you. Um, that was the epitome of professional wrestling. I am not kidding you. Uh, there was not. I I personally don't think there was a weak match on that card. No, I'm talking about the main show because I did not see the pre-show. No, I saw um, the pre-show. Um, but um, but I have to tell you, I was thoroughly enjoying myself on multiple fronts with the uh, Death Before Dishonor show. So I really hope that this kind of leads to. Um, eventually the overall rebirth of uh, Ring of Honor because, um, you know, it's it's very... I applaud Tony Khan for what he's doing uh, in, 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 in terms of uh, Ring of Honor because, and, and I'm not kissing anybody's ass, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's got to be hard to, uh, res- to resurrect the company that went out of uh, business um, and well not technically they said they went on hiatus but um, but but believe me you know ring of honor was in my backyard I was follow I was following the whole thing and to me even though even after they released that statement that said you know we'll be we'll be back in six months um, it really looked to me as if uh, Ring of Honor was done. So I'm, I'm super happy that they're back. And a shout out to to Tony Khan for um, keeping it so, um, at least to this point, keeping it so loyal to what Ring of Honor is. Um, and um, you know, we're gonna get into plenty of that in regards to um, what we saw at. Um, Death before dishonor, but you, as a as a pure wrestling fan, you know if you guys are disenfranchised with, you know WWE or you, even if you're not an AEW person, um, I think I think you'd find something to enjoy in uh, Ring of Honor because that is pure professional wrestling at its finest. No. Now, Ben, let's uh, start with the the news that everyone's talking about on Friday. Oh my God, the world has come to an has uh, stopped. Well, apparently, and you know, we're not gonna. One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to rehash 
the entire story. Um, pe people know what's going on, so we're not we're not going to give you the background because I I feel like that would be pointless. But um, so so news broke on Friday that uh, Vince McMahon has um, officially stepped down um, as CEO and head of creative for WWE, um, which was huge because. Um, when back when all this news broke, um, you know, the only announcement that was made was that he was stepping back and that Stephanie was coming in on an interim basis, uh, to run the company. But as of Friday, it would appear that outside of still being the majority stockholder for, for WWE, um, v Vince has, uh, um, been uh, been outed from all the other aspects of of WWE. Now, before I turn the mic over to Elio, because I'm very curious to get his take on this, uh, much more so than I am to tell you mine. Um, all I'm going to say is this, um, because I'm I'm just, I'm just I always try to be very honest with you. So, so I'm going to continue that here by saying, I honestly did not think that this was going to be the thing that took Vince out. Um, and, and it really has nothing to do with Vince. You know, you can you can say I'm not saying I'm not saying the reason why he got taken out has nothing to do with him. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, what, what what I am saying is, if this if this whole story had broke and Vince McMahon's name had not been attached to it, I don't think that this would have been a, a huge news story, um, because we see this kind of stuff in um, in the corporate world all the time, especially when you're dealing with. Uh, you know, billions and billions of dollars. Um, so I'm, I'm not here to, you know, eulogize um, Vince's career in WWE. I'm not here to, um, to even go off on a rant of, of, you know, oh, Vince is this, Vince is that. Because I, I feel like there's two separate elements to this to this story here. One is the the stuff that broke that that ultimately led to him stepping down, and the stuff that we already know about. And and tr and trust me, I understand why people uh, would be upset with Vince and be very very happy that he has removed him, himself for that for that reason um, Sorry, ben, before you go on did you uh see um general briscoe's tweet i did i did <laughs> just stop Wait, do what? you do you ha do you happen to have that pulled up uh let me see if i can find that because when i saw this i'm like really um so well, yeah, I keep going while I find this. 
Um, while Elenio is doing some on-the-fly research, you know, I, I like I said, I understand all of that. I, I get it. Um, you know, it, it it is a big it is a big deal. Everything that's going on. Um, I, I think I think there's another side of this on this podcast. I would prefer not to get into the sensationalism and just focus on um, the the wrestling aspect of it. Obviously, we tell you the news and we've gone over it uh, numerous times, um, but I, w- I would prefer uh, not to be a tabloid um, and, and just say, you know, from a creative standpoint um, and just the overall quality of the WWE, um, you know, I have been um, asking for Vince to step down for years. Obviously, okay, yeah. Okay, I've got the tweet here. Um, okay, let me just finish my thought. Yep, go ahead. I, I, I have been um, obviously looking for Vince to step down. Uh, you know, it, it really is a shame that this was what had to take him down. But um, I think... I, I speak for myself. I'm not condoning anything that Vince did, um, you know, but um, but I'm also a realist, and I can I can separate my opinion of the man from my appreciation to what he bought to WWE, and I I can also acknowledge that I am. Uh, I'm excited that he stepped down from a television quality standpoint. And I think it'll take, I think it'll take time. I think it'll be about a year um, before we start seeing significant uh, changes in WWE's quality because, you know, obviously, obviously for, um, for obvious reasons, they have to do a, a house cleaning of, corporate, so to speak, um, beyond, beyond um, Vince himself. Now, uh, the, other, the other part of this, and then I'll, I'll bring it to, um, I'll, I'll bring it to Elio. The, the, other, the other part is, well, now, now that Vince is, is out of there, I mean, I'm, I'm dubious if, if Vince is really going to stay out. Um, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't know, um, if, if Vince can really stay out, but I guess time will tell. Um, but, um, you know, what's it going to look like in his absence? Is, is this going to be like a gigantic upheaval, like, like, like a corporate, uh, draining as I just referenced, you know? So I think that. I think that is is a part that we really have to keep an eye on, because if it's just Vince who's stepping away and everybody else is still there, I'm not I'm not sure we're going to see much of a switch. But um, but there are you know Vince's supporters, as uh, Elio has Gerald Briscoe's thoughts. Um, at his fingertips, let's toss it over to Elio um, for Gerald Briscoe's take on the situation. 
This is what he wrote on he wrote on his Twitter. Disappointed to see all you jabronis celebrating the retirement of the man who created a world that gave you so much enjoyment growing up. If Vince never existed, all you marks would have sadder lives than you already do. Um, and and you know, I I I think that's a very tone deaf thing for Gerald to say. Um, in light of the of the allegations that that took um that took Vince down, um, but on the other on the other side of things. I can kind of understand that, um, especially uh, coming from somebody that's been, I looked this up after I read it, that tweet from uh, Gerald Briscoe. Apparently he has been, uh, you know, working for Vince since 1984. Uh, you know, we all saw um, his involvement with Pat Patterson as Vince's uh, cronies in the Attitude Era. As his stooges. Yes, um, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not here to completely to to completely eviscerate Vince. I I understand every single aspect of, of what's going on here. I don't condone anything, um, but at, at at the same time, I also I also think it's important to to recognize, you know. There's not there's not one single person on this planet that doesn't have skeletons in their closet that they wouldn't want um, exposed uh, to to the world. So I I think before we before we start virtue signaling and talking about the concept of morality, um, you know we might we might want to. Uh, we, we, we might want to be careful before we, we go on a crusade here. Um, you know, but that, that, that's just me. And I think that's what, um, that's what Gerald is, is um, referring to. Um, even though, uh, even though I don't agree um, with, with his exact wording or even his uh, in, intent with that, but the, that's coming from somebody who obviously has been in Vince's corner for a very long time uh, before I was even alive. So that, that's, that's certainly understandable. And I think, I think if the news coming out of uh, SmackDown um, is any indication, I don't, I don't think that, um, that Gerald is Vince's only supporter. And we'll, we'll get, um, we'll get more into that. Um, later on in the show. Um, but because I don't want to spend too much time on this, because I feel like, you know, we've all seen it. We all kind of know what's up with this. Um, you know, the thing that, I, that I'm most interested to see is how long will it take and how much uh, change will we actually see in WWE? Because, um, you know, I think I think we can all agree that Vince lost his touch in terms of the magic that he created a long time ago. So, um, you know, and and we come on here, Elio, and um, we've we've talked about it. We bitch and we complain and about you know why the fuck are they doing this? Why the fuck are they doing that? Um, you know, so. But that, that's all creative stuff, and and, and it, you know, 
I think it could change if we if we got some uh, systemic changes in WWE. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how this story unfolds. But I certainly think I certainly don't think that uh, we've heard the last of this story. Elio, what are you what are your thoughts on on Vince overall? Well, before we uh, get into my thoughts, I'm just going to give you one signal here. Okay. Um, Do it right now. I think we are running out of time. As I, that's why I said one right there. Yes. So before Elio gives his thoughts, we're going to jump off the air real quick because Zoom is kicking us out, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, so my thoughts on this. Um, well, hopefully uh, the product gets better than it's been. I mean, I, what I heard now, so Vince is out, John Lornace is out, but I was reading earlier tonight, Bruce Pritchard is still in there. And he is head of creative. Yeah, and, and, and that's my that's my concern because if Bruce um if Bruce stays in there um, we have more episode more uh shows like we did on Friday night, which was absolutely horrible. Well and and Monday night was horrible. Like I said, you know, this is gonna take some time, but if um if Bruce stays in there long term, I don't think we're gonna see too much uh change as it relates to T V. So um We'll just have to see what happens. Why can't they take Bruce with them? Well, well, that's what I want. You know, I mean, geez. But like I said, I mean, we're not, well, we, we love professional wrestling. We, we love what WWE meant to us as kids. And, that, and that's, and even now, um, you know, and that's why I, I said I can separate my feelings about, Vince and all this this other stuff from what he provided uh, for me for so long. So, and I, I and judging from what I'm seeing um, on social media, um, I think I think a lot of people have that that take as well um, as it relates to Vince and the and the product. So, um, you know, this is very much an influx situation, and we will keep you up to date as to that. Now, s- switching uh, topics completely just a little bit, um, the other piece of news that I saw earlier um, relates to uh, death before dishonor. Um, as we saw, um, Claudio Castanoli um, captured his first world title from uh, Jonathan Gresham. In a match that went uh, slightly less than 15 minutes. Um, and the news coming out of that, folks, is apparently uh, Jonathan Gresham was very unhappy um, about a, a number of things related to that match. Um, one being the amount of time given and the fact that he had to uh, drop the title to Claudio. Um, um, he was not happy about that. So, uh, it's being reported 
by Fightful Select that he went to Tony, Tony Khan before the show and uh, at the end of the meeting with him uh, requested his release and also um, reportedly um, cussed Tony out. So he is not on board with um, with this uh, new ROH and certainly not on board with losing the um, the title. Now, out of fairness, I I I will give um, Jonathan Gresham's side. I'm not I'm not really taking sides with this. I'm just reporting the news. Um, apparently, John uh, Gresham's side of it was. Um, that he had been very, very, um, very frustrated with the lack of communication uh, as it relates to kind of the the relaunch of of um, ROH, and there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know back and forth between um, Tony Khan and the talent as to what was happening there. Um, so um, you know, I think. It, Personally, I think it just could be, you know, growing pains in terms of new management and new approaches for Ring of Honor. But as as I said, um, as I said earlier, I do give uh, Tony Khan credit um, for, um, you know, trying to relaunch uh, Ring of Honor. And I think based on the two shows that we've seen so far, the first one being Super Card of Honor, and then of course, uh, Death Before Dishonor last night. I think he has had a resounding level of success so far. Um, but you know, just business-wise, um, I do expect growing pains like this, and um, and regardless of, of whose uh, side you may be on, um, I. I, I you know, I'm not surprised by this. Um, I, I'm, I'm disappointed because I, I really enjoy Jonathan Gresham, and I don't want, to, I don't want to see um, him leave professional wrestling. Certainly, um, I think he's. I'm almost positive that he's scheduled to uh, compete in a Fatal Four Way uh, next weekend. Uh, as part of uh, Ric Flair's last match event. That's uh, oh, okay. That's another one. I don't like. Do we have anything on that? Is that like an actual like show? Yeah. Like, that, oh. Yeah. Do you want me to pull up the card? You have it. I, I can pull it up really quickly. Okay. I, I, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do on uh-uh. this card. Okay, hold on. Hold on one second. On the fly. Uh, well, not research, but let me just go grab something. Uh, on, the f- on the fly news grabbing. So. <laughs> yes. So, um, so do you have any, any thoughts as it relates to Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan while uh, I'm doing it? <laughs> You don't hear anyone else uh, getting mad at Tony Khan. I mean, no, okay. I like Jonathan Gresham, but him and Jordan Grace. Oh. And not only they start on her, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. I get that he was frustrated, but this is like new management. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna be having growing pains in the beginning. Yeah, of course, and um, you know, if we're gonna, it may have been a little bit unprofessional if if um, reports are true, but uh, you know. Jonathan, but in all fairness, you know, you know, the former Cesaro comes in, you know, has has, um, you know, three weeks in on AEW TV, and he's already the um, the ROH World Champion. So I I can see that being very frustrating from uh, Gresham. Hey Ben, I, I I have it in front of me right now. Yes, so do I. Uh, you want to go through this real quick? Just, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. here we go. Uh, top to bottom or bottom to top? Bottom to bottom to top. Uh, well, bottom to top is uh, the the bottom one I have on here is Ric Flair's match. So I'm thinking we should do top to bottom. Okay. Well, I I had I had Flair's match at the top, but it it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Okay. So. We have Adam Priest versus Big Damo versus Brian Myers versus Bully Ray versus Crimson Crowbar, Gringo Loco, James Storm, Cal Harrow, Commander Ricky Shane Page, Sin Bowie, Wolfie D, and another participant to be announced in a bunkhouse battle royal. <laughs> My God, those are some names. Then we have two New Japan stars: Ren Narita versus Yuya Amura. That should be good. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Killer Cross. Oh, that's gonna be a fucking. That's gonna be a fucking brawl. <laughs> oh, the Von Erics, Marshall and Ross versus the Briscoes. I can't. I can't wait. Oh my god, what what a run the Briscoes are having! The, uh, now this one I can't believe the Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards versus the Motor City Machine Guns. That's gonna. That's another one that's gonna be awesome. Rock and Roll Express versus the Four Horsemen: Brian Tillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. I don't know if you can call them the Four Horsemen, really. Uh, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Alex, I, un- sorry, I, un- I I understand why I'm not stupid, but that that's you can't very do, much, you can't do that. No, that's no. very much a stretch. Brock Anderson, come on! Brock Anderson's still new. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then we have Alan Angels versus Jonathan Gresham versus Kenosuke Takeshita. Versus Nick Wayne in that uh, four corners match you were just talking about. Congratulations on getting uh, Takashita's name right. Right. Very good. <laughs> then we had Ben. We have Bandito versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Phoenix versus Taurus. Taurus. Why well, they call him Taurus in Impact? Oh, it's. Uh, well, what the fuck? I call, I call Taurus. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, so do I. <laughs> then we have a three-way match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Jordan Grace defending against Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel Ellering. 
Then we have uh, for the Impact World Championship, Josh Alexander defending against Jacob Fatu. And of course, the main event, Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I do feel much better that this is the tag team situation. Uh, but uh, we'll have to see. But I, I think um, I think that's a very good card. And I think I may be going over to my buddy's house to watch it as a matter of this, this, this does this does not like a good card. I was like, like when uh, when they said they first uh, said Ric Flair's last match. I'm like, no, okay, it's just probably gonna be just like one of those uh, single matchups that they're gonna have, like a tag team match you're gonna have. And that's it. But uh, this looking at this as a whole uh, lineup, okay. It's, yeah, that's not doesn't look too bad. Uh, there were some canceled matches. Oh, uh, the originally planned main event was reported to have been Ric Flair teaming with FTR to take on yeah Ricky Steamboat and Rock and Roll Express. Okay, so that was the original one. It was a six man tag match. Well, yeah, but apparently, apparently Steamboat Wait, yeah, wanted to no- it down. Go yeah, apparently, apparently he wanted nothing to do with that, which I which I don't blame him. Another one had Matt Cardona proposed defending the NWA heavy, World Heavyweight Championship against Ric Flair, but he was injured soon after after and forced to forfeit the title. Red Narita was scheduled to face Clark Connors on the undercard, but Connors was injured and replaced by Yui Amura. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually saw that. Um, I think uh, Clark Connors... Um, I forget what the injury was, but I did see that he was injured. Yeah, so, uh, all right. I mean, it looks like a decent uh, card. <laughs> it, it, it really does, to their credit. I think, um, I think, um, um, oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Um, who is, um, oh, yeah, Conrad Thompson and, uh, and the StarCast folks have done a good job with this. Starcast um, is it? What is Starcast? I mean, I know it's not like an event, but like, what exactly is Star? Is it like? Is it like a whole separate thing? Um. Yeah. Um. So let me. Um. Let so, me. Because uh, like I never really understood what Starcast was. I knew it was like a, an event. And I just I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, let me. Um. Yeah, it's pretty much. Oh, they were organized by Conrad Thompson, inaugurated in twenty eighteen. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, it's a fan convention. All right. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, because they made they're making it sound like Stark has like a, like a wrestling event, but it's just a convention, a fan convention. Okay. Yeah, and then and then and then Ric Flair's last match is the is the pay per view. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So. All right. So not a bad part. I don't know. I might have to tune in and to see it. Check it out. I well, I I I would. Yeah. All right. Um. Wait. That's on 
Oh no, it's on July thirty first. It's on the Sunday. SummerSlam is on Saturday. Okay, very good. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let me just uh. Let me just verify that. Are, are we sure it says um the thirty first? Yeah, I have it on Wikipedia right here in front of me. It, uh, the date is July thirty first, twenty twenty two. Okay. Cool. Because uh, and the reason why the reason why I asked is because they have it listed as an event that goes from uh, the the 30th to the August 1st. I'm not, and I was a little bit confused, but yeah, it says right here July 31st. Yeah. So I think we're good. All right, very good. Um, all right, so that's a little bit of a last minute uh, uh, preview. Uh, so now, very, very last minute, but right? I so, was just curious. So then we say we get into uh, the week in wrestling and get all of this out of the way before we move on to the fun stuff. Okay, very good. So starting with Monday Night Raw, you know what? I'll take this for you. Oh, oh thank you so much. <laughs> oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I Okay, I don't know why they opened Monday Night Raw with Titus O'Neil. Really, what did uh, he actually do? I I'm not, I don't understand. Well, the, well, I'll tell you why. Because I guess was, he's the ambassador for WWE. They're they're in damage control following this Vince thing. That's that's why like you know WWE is so wonderful. WWE is an escape oh, okay. from the real world's problems. And, you know. Nobody's going to say anything bad about Titus. I mean, everybody knows what a good guy he is. So it's, yeah, it, it was it was very random um, when it first happened. But hindsight being twenty twenty, and everything that happened um, with Vince and the news that came out on Friday, um, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. So that's what that, that's what I think. So for me, uh, high points, I gave it to the opening match of Bianca Belair and Carmella, uh, Damian Priest and Rey Mysterio, and the Seth Rollins Ezekiel, even though we've seen it, I don't know how many times, but and my little, and I gave it to Styles and Theory. But for yeah. low points, the Street Profits versus Omos MVP. Yeah, what? Um, why did why did they have MVP wrestle in a suit? Good God! Yeah, I, oh, yeah. It's it's just like stupid. I know that seems like like maybe like an idiotic complaint, but that that makes the talent look so dumb. And so that's the first low point. Second low point was afraid of the whole 24-7. Can we just stop with this? Seriously. I am begging you at this point. And of course, the main event with Alexa Bliss, Oscar, and Dana Brooke versus Piper Niven, Nikki Ash, and Tamina. That took place after all of the 24-7. Right? And by the way, folks, by the way, folks, about that 24-7 title thing, before I even get into my high points and low points, there were six title changes in less than a minute. Can we just they, burn? Right? 
the Six. fucking title. It it doesn't mean anything. Look, look, we had Akira Tozawa, Nikki Ash, Alexa Bliss, Piper Niven, Tamina, Akira Tozawa again. I mean, you know, if, if there is one single person who actually gives a fuck about the twenty four seven title, I I would be floored. I don't I don't see how anybody and and look. Obviously, I understand that, you know, different strokes for different folks, but, you know, if there is one person that finds this to be an enjoyable aspect of a Monday night, I'm, I'm lost. You, you gotta you gotta help me, because to me, this shit absolutely sucks. And by the way, that main event, they gave that, that match two minutes and 12 seconds. Oh, oh, fuck, right. I mean, I mean not, not you, Elio, but, but, but the very... Fuck, <laughs> Oh. The, the very the very concept of of that is just ridiculous. But yet, you know, so the main the main event match get, gets two minutes, and then for for a main event segment. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my the lowest of low points. Miss TV. Oh, okay. That and and look, I, I've said it before. I, I I said the news. When the news came out about Logan Paul signing with WWE, I said it then. You know, he really, he really did um, prove me wrong at WrestleMania. He, he did, um, you know, he did a great job. But he doesn't need to be taking main event segments away from from the talent that is there consistently. No. Um, I, I, you know, I to and to be honest with you, folks. You know, it's it's said that Logan Paul is social media famous, and he very well might be. And and maybe I'm aging myself here, but I don't give a fuck about social media. I don't get. It's not that I don't care about people or whatever, but it's like I just I don't care about social media. The name Logan Paul. No disrespect to him. I, I've never I've never met him. I don't have an opinion, positive or negative, outside of the fact that I will say um, his performance at WrestleMania was awesome. I, uh, I have no problem giving props where it's due. Um, but you know, it's just like like I don't I don't I don't care. Yeah. And like that you're gonna put this at SummerSlam, you, you know, I, I'm 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 finding that difficult to uh, to fathom. Um, yeah, but I mean, I I agree. This is the low point of low point. Like this is your main event for the flagship show of WWE, really. And they're gonna give him his own uh, talk show um, tomorrow night. <laughs> and what's it called again? Impulsive TV. Oh fuck off! <laughs> I, you know I just, what? I you know I don't care. You know you, you ask me, folks, why I get impatient when we have to review certain certain things. That this is why. So let me let me do this really quickly in yeah. terms of, of high points and low points because I want to move on from mm-hmm. uh, Monday Night Raw as quickly as possible. Okay. Um. So first low point was Omos versus Angelo Dawkins, which which led into Omos and MVP versus the Street Profits. 
in which MVP wrestles in a suit, which in and of itself is asinine. But just give us one match. We don't we don't need the the Teddy Long segment every single <laughs> <Right>? fucking time. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a tag team match, player. You, you know the only thing I found. Yes, the only, thing I, <laughs> the only thing I found entertaining about Teddy Long, you know, was the Undertaker bit. You know, it's and don't get me wrong, you know, Teddy Long's awesome. I I get it. You know, a lot of history in the company. I I don't need Adam Pierce to do the Teddy Long segment. You know what the fuck is this? Just give us a tag team match without MVP in a fucking suit, and we'd be fine. Yep. You know, even though I don't give a fuck about, uh, you know, um, Omos at this point, because who does give a fuck about Omos? Right. Um, but, uh, but then the, the other, the other um, low point that I, that I had was um, Damien Priest and Rey Mysterio. What the fuck? Oh, okay. It's like... No, because we had four minutes and one second of this shown on TV. Oh, okay. You know, the rest of it was interrupted by fucking commercials. You know, like, I, okay, okay, here's here's another thing, right? So, of course, we're going to complain about Kevin Dunn's camera cuts giving me a headache. Oh, okay, yep. You he know, needs to, he needs to be gone. I, I don't care. He's I hate that guy. He absolutely sucks at his job. Yeah. Yep. And, and 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 I actually know why. Uh, I actually got the story as to why Vince was so um so loyal to uh, Kevin Dunn. It's because it's because his his father was very. Uh, instrumental in, in helping uh, Vince back in the in the day. Apparently, he helped him purchase a tape library or something along those lines, and just overall very helpful to Vince back in the day. So, um, you know, Kevin Dunn has like the Golden Goose deal in WWE where he can't be touched. Um, but we'll see how long that lasts now that Vince is out of power. But um, but it's like nobody like your camera cuts are terrible. You your 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 choices of when to go to commercial breaks. Whoever makes that decision, they're they're absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't understand it. I I really don't. And you know I it's it's the same shit over and over and over again. You know. Like, for for instance, another another low point was Carmella versus Bianca to um to um start off the evening. Now, I'll I'll admit to you when they did not, not the not the match at Money in the Bank, but when they did the rematch the following week on Raw, I thought that that was even better than the pay per view. You know, I've I've been. I've been very complimentary of both of these women, especially Bianca Belair, because you know she just has everything you could possibly want in a uh, women's champion to begin with. Um, but um, but 
the, the fact of the matter is this. I thought that this was the match that they were going to go with at, at SummerSlam. Um, Which, thank God they're not doing that now because we've already seen this match three fucking times. And now, you know, Bianca Belair is uh, getting back in there with Becky at, at SummerSlam uh, mm-hmm. next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Degenerate legs probably presents. Okay, go on. I had to. Well, it's just who, regardless of of the talent that's in there, and 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 just for for, and I'm 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 using Carmella and Bianca as as an example. Regardless of the talent that's in there, regardless of of, you know, what the stipulation is or what championship match it is. Who the fuck wants to see the same match over and over and over and over and over again? Yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't understand it. And then, like, for instance, the booking um, on, the, on the positive side, right? Bianca Belair versus... Versus um, Becky at SummerSlam is awesome because, you know, Becky returned at SummerSlam last year and beat Bianca in 26 seconds, which I still think is absolutely terrible because at at WrestleMania, um, you know, um, Bianca had had the match and moment of her life. And now she can't even mention her opponent's name because of all the bullshit that that went on there. And... uh, and I'll tell you, Sasha Banks, I'll, I'll, I'll bet you any amount of money, I'll, you know, Sasha Banks is sitting on her couch drinking a tequila, you, you know, she, or some sort of umbrella drink laughing her way to the bank. Because, you know, everything that has come crashing down upon the um, WWE women's division and the WWE in general, but Specifically, when talking about um, Bianca Belair, the, the quality of this women's division, no wonder she fucking left. You know, every, you know, I'm, I'm tired of talking about Sasha Banks and Naomi at this point, but no fucking wonder. You know what I mean? It's like, duh. Yeah. So you know, but but this match was not good in comparison to uh, you know to some of. The, or the other two matches that they had, this was nothing compared to that. I mean, I just I just don't understand why they do this to their talent. They make their talent look stupid. I mean, compared to the rest of Raw, I like yeah, I I put these in my highlight because the rest of Raw was just well. The but to to your point, I will I will agree with you. The only other high point that or the only high point I had of Raw entirely was Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel. But even that, we've we've seen that how many fucking times. <laughs> yep. So it's just it's it's hard for me to care one iota. It really is. But I have good news for you folks. Oh <laughs> the raw review is now over. <laughs> Thank Christ. Small blessings, ladies and gentlemen. Small blessings right here. 
on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, which, by the way, episode 205. It's awesome. Good shit. All right. Um, uh, it's, now- good sh- it's good shit, pal. <laughs> is, that, is, is that too soon? I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. All right, now, um, NXT, I'm just going to sum it, sum, sum it up because Ben, you, I know you don't watch this and it's, this is good because this week was just not good. I'll tell you yeah. what, the, the, the only high point really that, that I had, JD, Mc, well, the only high points I had, JD McDonough versus uh, Cameron Grimes. Was his, his name is Jordan Devlin, by the way. Jordan Devlin. It's not JD. Just stop. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other one I had was uh, the Women's Battle Royal to determine who, who gets a shot at Maddie Rose's championship. And who won that match? Zoe Starks. Oh yeah, because she was she was the um, she she was behind the uh, the QR code thing. What? The she was behind the QR code with with with, with the phone and shit, you know. So, no, she's not the one with the QR code. She's uh, that's all. That was all for her. Like these QR codes. Yeah. Yeah. But they showed another one this week. It had a video. Unless I'm very much mistaken, which which could be very possible. Not to make myself look stupid, but because because on a Friday I gave uh, my thoughts on on that, and I was going to say that it could be for Bailey's return because she was tweeting about how she might. There's still work left to do. Uh, that there was talk of her possibly oh, I, going to oh, NXT. Oh, I guarantee you that's not the case. I guarantee you. Not not with how weak the, the women's roster is on the main uh, on the main shows. No, no. But she she said she 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 tweeted that about the court date. Well, well, and I, I've seen her do that. I'm not, I'm not saying you know there's there's no basis for that, but I'm just, I, I don't, I don't see what kind of sense that makes. But um, now my low points, I have a lot. Roderick Strong, Damon Kemp, can we just stop? Poor Roderick Strong. Um, pretty deadly. I hate this team. I've never been a fan of them. And the lowest of low points, Ben. What's that? The revelation of Joe Gacy's dyad. Oh, my God. We have Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Would you like to take a guess at who these guys used to be? Um, Well, I already know, and I'm... I would like to publicly apologize to um, James Drake and Zach Gibson. For they William. look horrible. Zach Gibson looks like Kane. We, we, he has the one uh, white contact lens. I mean, the, the guy looks like Kane. You know, it, it's just, it's absolutely awful. Uh, and I, 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 I mean, I, I realize, I realize it's good for them to be on. 
uh, TV, but Jesus Christ. I can't believe they, of, of all the people, they put these two with Joe Gacy. Wow. Oh, my okay. dear God. So that, that's all I have, and uh, we're going to move on to AEW Dynamite. But however, our camera person is telling me that we have four minutes uh, to go. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump out of Zoom real quick again, and um, we'll be right back with our um, our AEW Dynamite review. Um, heading into uh, heading into the pay per view. So we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back after a brief uh, intermission of sorts to deal with technical issues related to Zoom. Um, but we are back with our AEW Dynamite review. And um, this, as uh, as Elio coined it, was kind of a weird episode because um, the first two matches were very, very good. Uh, but then in, in my opinion, and I'm going to say in Elio's too, based off what he just told me, uh, the second half kind of, uh, fell off. So, so, but the good stuff first. Um, high point to Brody King and Darby Allen to start off the show. Hey, I really, right? See, I'm not, I'm not alone. Okay. I really, I, I gave that as a high point as well over on the other show on Friday night. At, well, at, for good reason, in my opinion, because um, I I have I really enjoyed Brody King's work in Ring of Honor, and I'm glad that um, he's being used well uh, in his AEW run so far. You know the uh, just the storytelling progression. You know uh, between you know eliminating uh, Darby Allen from that battle royal on Rampage with the choke out, then dropping him over the top, and just then having Darby Allen just beat the shit, you know, in, in this match. I mean, good God. I, I, I've i said it before, and I will say it again. You know, Darby Allen's style works for him, and, you know, he, it's very, you know, he's very, very good, and this and the other thing, and popular with the fans, but he's not going to have a, a good career Lengthwise, if he keeps this up, I mean, to me, to me, this is like Jeff Hardy turbocharged. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that just me or you know, no. good God? Yep. Um, and then after the match, uh, you know, uh, Miro uh, stares down um, Brody King. That could be one hell of a boss fight. Now let, let, me, let me ask you this. So, is is Miro a face now? I I guess that that, that I, really, part, I really like that ending. I wasn't expecting that. Like yeah. when it came out. Yep. And um, so I I would be I would be so on board for Miro versus um, uh, Brody King. You have no idea. You know because they really. I mean. The what now? There are two things that I really just um, that I don't particularly understand about AEW overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one being um, the fact that the time management is so fucked. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> you know, and and wait till it, all, wait till all out. Oh, jeez. You know, and because because and we'll get into that in the main event on this on this show. Um, so the time management skills are not there um, for for AEW, um, and um, also. You know, obviously, with some of the top guys that they brought in, you know, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, uh, you know, John Moxley, um, people like that, and, and so many more, um, they they've really done a good job and, and hit it out of the park with them. But sometimes um, you have you have guys that just should be doing so much more. And Miro is one of the, one of those guys. Now, granted, he does he did have some injury problems and stuff like that, but I, I feel like um, Miro could and should be uh, so much further along. Um, and and it's not it's not just Miro. There there are other guys that should be getting uh, more time, and uh, you know it, it's just it's not there. Um, I. Even though, um, even though they just won the t- the tag team titles, I would say that, that um, before that happened, they dropped the ball with Keith Lee in AEW. Um, honestly, uh, you know, uh, and um, you know, so it's like I understand why people are so excited about AEW because you know we we get pro wrestling. You know, whereas with WWE, get the board's entertainment, which I've which I've always hated that term. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, but Chris Jericho is not a wrestler; he's a sports entertainer. Oh fuck <laughs> off! You know, you know, I, I my hand to God, Chris Jericho is one of my favorites. I swear on my life, but the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, no. <laughs> um. But um, but then then we started getting into the the low points. Of course, that being after the 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 second match, which was um, which was let me just yes, Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley versus the best friends. I was I was very dubious about this match because there's just something I don't like about the best friends. I bet I know what it is. I bet it's the camera. It's the zoom in when they're hugging. Well, that's one of them. That's a, that's annoying. Give the fans what they want. No, we don't want that. And and I just I, I don't know. I there's something about it. I I yeah, find it I and, find it annoying. But yeah. to 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 their credit, this match was awesome. Uh, and then and then we start um then we start going downhill from there. Um, the Varsity Blondes versus Lucia Sarnes and Christian Cage. I have a question for you. Yeah. Why do you bother turning Luchasaurus heel if you're going to just have him turn face again the week after? Well, we don't know that for sure. I, I'm willing to give them one more week to kind of explain this thing with, with Luchasaurus. But to your point, why would he just move aside and let... Um, and let uh, Luchasaurus go after Christian Cage if you, you just Jungle turned Boy. him. You mean Jungle Boy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to let Jungle Boy go after Christian Cage. Um, that, so that was a little weird. 
Um, I wasn't really a fan of the FTW uh, title match. No. Uh, um, that was very weak, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, appar- uh, and apparently, he, this man has been resurrected and rebirthed as Co- Cole Carter. If you, re- if you recognized Cole Carter, that is because he is not one, but two times... Of the family fame in NXT. Yeah, the last time we saw him, he was swimming with the fishes. Uh, yeah, it's just you it's know, terrible. He's sleeping, sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, so, so that was a that was a low point. As was Kira uh, Kira Hogan and Jay Cargill, the baddies, uh, versus Willow Nightingale and Athena. I was yeah. like, well, I know. I have a question. What do you have? You seen Willow Nightingale? And like, if you've seen, like, what do you think of Willow Nightingale? Um, yes, I have. I don't. I and I don't like the gimmick. I really don't. It's like, um, it's like the you know, almost like the female Orange Cassidy, and, and I just I don't understand it. Um, okay. And 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 the, and the other thing and. Once again, I understand that that this is something that has to be given time, uh, you know, to to kind of develop her and kind of drop her into the women's division um, since she just got there. But Athena um, should not be in these situations. Why is Athena messing with? you know, the, the baddies. Like, like she should be at the top of the card uh, wrestling people like, uh, you know, S- Serena Deeb and, and Mercedes Martinez and, and, and that kind of, and those kind of people. And, and Thunder Rosa. You know, she needs to be put in the woman's world title um, situation like, like as soon as possible. Now, I would also... I would also give the main event uh, a um, a low point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, like when ECW was a thing. I loved ECW, man. I, you know, don't get me wrong. So we could, I mean, I can swing with the violence from time to time, uh, but there was there was just something that was amiss with this uh, barbed wire. Uh, fiasco that we had this barbed wire everywhere match with the pain maker also known as Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston and Jericho was a mess after this they, they, they had to like cut the cut the barbed wire to get him out of there you know this, this is just fucking stupid it, it, it really is you know and Shout, and shout out to Jericho for being willing to do all this shit. But this, I mean, why? But at the same breath, I have to ask you, why is Jericho doing this shit? Mm-hmm. Um, I I really don't I really don't understand that. And 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 that really took the show down with me. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't feeling this at all. Um. But speaking of something else I wasn't feeling at all, Friday Night Smackdown. 
<laughs> ben, Elio, what the fuck is going on with well, Friday Night SmackDown? Did you read this at the, uh, because uh, apparently Brock Lesnar left the show, like when he heard about the, the news. Okay, so yeah, that was the, the that was the other you know big thing that came out of SmackDown. The first one being, of course. You know, Stephanie McMahon coming out. And it was, I understand that that's his daughter and all that other stuff, but that was just very weird with mm-hmm. the thank you, Vince Chance, and, and stuff like that. What, I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? It, it, just, it just makes Vince, uh, Stephanie, and, and the rest of the company look bad. Yeah. It, 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 it really does. And I, I'm not blaming, I'm, trust me. I'm not blaming Stephanie for anything. I've heard that she's an absolute sweetheart. I understand that that's her dad, um, but but this is not a good look for um, for WWE. It almost reminded me of when um, you know Vince came out three consecutive times, and it was kind of like an fu to everybody going against him. That would that's what this reminded me of here, and it just wasn't it just wasn't a good move. So, um, so uh, well, because that, so they rewrote, they re, re, uh, re, rewrote the show because apparently there was supposed to be a lot more segments with uh, the Max Dupree and there was the Ronda Rousey, Liv Morgan segment was supposed to be longer than it was. Well, and thank, thank, thank God it was. But, <laughs> thank God it wasn't. But but um, to your to your earlier point about uh, Brock Lesnar before that gets lost, um. I absolutely 100% believe that he that he did walk out. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, Gerald Briscoe is not Vince's only supporter. You know, and 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 you know, as, as much as we could, I'm not I'm I'm not going to treat Vince like the Antichrist because I've I've never met him. I don't condone any of the allegations that have ever come up against him. Uh, you know, and, and clearly, clearly there's something to them or he wouldn't have have stepped down because I do think had he not stepped down, there would have been more, um, more firebombs coming down the pike at, at Vince with this Wall Street Journal business. Um, I actually have a copy of the story from the Wall Street Journal uh, on my desk. Uh, right next to me, uh, so I'll be getting ready to read that either after we get off the air here or tomorrow, at some point. Um, yeah. But um, but you know it, it's just, it's just one of the one of those things where this opening deal didn't really work. And um, but yeah, um, it was reported by uh, I believe Fightful Select and Sean Ross Sapp that. Um, you know, Brock had walked out, and then, and then, um, you know, Vince himself called him and said, you know, and said, you know, please don't do this. Uh, you know, and then he ended up coming back, um, and we saw him in the closing segment where he just absolutely destroyed—I mean, destroyed—Austin uh, Theory. And and to that end, like, I look, I understand it's Brock Lesnar, but you want me to believe? That after after Austin Theory took that ass whooping, that soul snatching courtesy of Brock Lesnar, that 
even even after a last minute sailing match, he could pin either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar and become the undisputed, uh, you know, Universal Champion. Please, yeah, I mean, come on. So, so there there was that, and then, but the the other thing is, even even after like even after Brock came back. And stuff, you know, all these people online were like, haha, you're wrong. Vince or Brock wasn't being unprofessional or anything like that. And I'm not I'm not saying anything about Brock because I don't I don't know what the situation was. I ha- I have no idea. But you don't you don't think it, it could have been possible that he could have walked out, been frustrated, uh, you know, and said and said, fuck this. Until until somebody said, "Hey, Brock, if you don't compete at SummerSlam, you don't get your three million dollar check." Come on, bad buddy. You know, you know, come on now. And then and then what really kills me, and 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 this is just the epitome of the dregs of 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 social media when it comes to wrestling fans. Then there are reports that that. Brock Lesnar is going to come in to replace, or I'm sorry, Goldberg is going to come in to replace Brock at no, SummerSlam with no bill with, in, in two days. I mean, in, in, a, in a week. I mean, come well, on. I, well, I also saw uh, an article uh, before that where it said Goldberg wants to rematch against Roman Reigns. But we don't oh, want no. it. We don't want it. <laughs> No one wants that at all. You sure are alone in that thought. <laughs> I, you know, but I mean, how in the hell could people just buy into this shit automatically simply because it was re- reported on the damn internet? Right? I mean, you know, use your common sense here, folks. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, SummerSlam's gonna suck. I mean, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna report on it just because, um, just because you know that's what we that's what we do. That's what this podcast is. Yep. We're, we're gonna and we're really gonna try our best to bring you the best show that we can, um, because you know I think it would be unfair to our audience to do anything differently. Um, but I, I mean. <sighs> If I told you, Elio, I don't know how you feel about SummerSlam, but if I told you I was looking forward to one aspect of it, I would be lying to you. I, I really would. I don't care. I truly don't care. What, what do you think? What do you think about SummerSlam and how it's shaping up? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait and uh, give it a chance uh, because uh, we also said the same about some past uh, pay-per-views that. Turned out not to be as bad as we thought they were going to be going in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then, uh, so does that bring? Oh, oh, we actually. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Wishful thinking. Um, I wanted to move past SmackDown, but technically we haven't given our high points, low points yet. Uh, spoiler, uh, Paul Heyman style. There's not a lot of high points here, folks. It's a lot, a lot of low points. No, this was a bad show. You can't really give me a high point. <laughs> it's all <Shit>. low points. Stop. 
know, you know what I really hate? The freaking the, these new new vicious Viking Raiders. Oh my god, make it stop. Either 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 cut the shit or just release them and put them out of their misery. Now Ben, now you were saying about their uh their um, the makeup around their eyes, like and the paint around their eyes, and how it was terrible. And that, and that, and I was, at first I was thinking, well, Kiss did the same thing on their first uh, album back in 1974. It wasn't the makeup wasn't perfect uh, on the f- cover of their first album. But then I looked again at uh, I looked uh, closer at uh, their uh, paint, and I, that is terrible. That's bad. Yeah, and, and, you know, let's not blaspheme the legendary Gene Simmons by comparing him to Vicious Viking Raiders. Good God. <laughs> I, 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 I have too much respect for, for the Kiss and their legendary contributions to music to compare them to the Vicious Viking Raiders in any capacity. Good Lord. <laughs> Hey, um, oh yeah, and a freaking uh, Sophia Cromwell uh, showing up for watch. It's gonna be one week, and it's it. I hope so, and I and I really hope there's truth to the report that that Max Dupree is done with this whole Maximum Male Models bullshit and can go back to being L.A. Knight or or fucking Eli Drake. Please, well, because I was also looking at the at the reports that they had on on that apparently he's not a he isn't a people person backstage. Well, who could? Yeah, be? here we go. Max Dupree lacked lacked people skills before SmackDown exit. Well, and 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 like I said, obviously we weren't there, but I mean, who? Wouldn't be frustrated beyond belief when you're when you're forced to deal with segments in which you're 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 pointing out the the excellence and the titillation of of, of, an, of another man's Johnson in his pants. Talking about the glorious in team and all this. So, shit. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna read this real quick, okay? Yeah. So Max Dupree was an absent figure from the WWE. The star made an impact with NXT debut as he directly appeared on NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day in February. After moving on to the main roster, he went through a drastic transformation. However, he went missing from WWE programming. Dupree was part of the Maximum Male Model Agency upon his main roster debut. Along with the agency received Marseille and Mansoir, who did their part so well, it's as though they were meant for it. Dupree recently... Oh, please! <laughs> Shut up! Oh, just stop! Oh, no, stop. wait, Dupree... Dupree recently opened up about his absence. Sean Ross sat reported behind FIFO's paywall that Max Dupree was scheduled for an appearance but got removed from the segment at the last minute. Vince McMahon himself made the decision a few weeks ago. Max's storyline sister Maxine is being played by Sophia Cromwell. So the whole idea, this whole uh, Ma- Maximum Male model was Vince's idea. Well, 
bye bye Vince and uh for now you know I'm I'm still somewhat dubious of whether I'll be gone for good but yeah see here here we go Nice to be with something booked last minute and people associated with the segment weren't given a real concrete information on their status. As of now, McMahon had taken a particular interest in the maximum male model angle as it was all his idea. Oh my god. (laughs) And and you you ask us why we have been begging for Vince McMahon's removal from creative for years. Holy shit. What? Uh, oh my! Just stop. <laughs> yeah, because this—I'll tell you, man. This shit is absolutely painful. Yes. Painful. All right. So is that all we have for SmackDown? Yes, because because you know I'm I'm not even going to justify the rest of it. But but once again, I. Okay, I'm I'm scrolling and I was just about to say I'm, I'm done, but this reviewer, oh, oh god, I have to read this. First of all, first of all, he ranked this show a seven out of ten. No, what? <laughs> which, what? <laughs> which I had this. What drugs are you on, brother? Because holy shit. Uh, this this show was not a seven out of ten. This show was a two out of ten. <laughs> oh. And even even that's being generous. Oh. But but he he said he said that, and I quote: "Pretty good show here, though there was nothing here that felt completely out of place." Oh no! After the after the big McMahon news. Granted, there is a very strong chance that it will not change after SummerSlam, if ever for that matter, but at least there is hope. Overall, it was slightly better than average here, and I'll take that after the dreck. What the fuck is dreck? That was raw, you know, as of late. You know, what the fuck? I, I couldn't even read this without laughing and stumbling all over my words. Let me read that again because, you know, I, because my my laughter may have interfered with, with you know. Before you do, we did a give, we did a pick Raw as the A show only because all the other shows weren't that great this week. Well, well, I I would still give the A show to Dynamite this week based off of the okay, based, yeah, it was between those two actually. But um, but yeah. So once again, this reviewer who I will not name says, and I quote: "Pretty good show here, though there was nothing here that felt completely out of place after the Big McMahon news. Uh, granted, there is a very strong chance that it will not change until after SummerSlam." If ever for that matter, but at least there is hope. Oh, I don't know what that has to do with the quality of SmackDown, but nonetheless, overall, slightly better than average here. And I'll take that after the dreck that was Raw or that, you know, and it's like, first of all, I'm pretty good with vocabulary, Elio. I'm pretty good. But may I have you ever heard the word Drek? Yes. Drek is like uh it's is another is like slang for garbage. 
Okay. Well, I yeah. learned so I learned something new. Yeah, I've heard because, that before. Because I'm I'm just gonna look up the definition just because I'm curious. <laughs> Trek. Holy fuck. Um. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. Okay. Rubbish or trash? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But um, holy God! Oh. Uh, but but moving on, yes, I, it, if that is the definition of drag, I would I would very much agree that that is an apt description for Friday Night SmackDown. So now now that we're done with the drag that was the <laughs> WWE Weekly Television, um. Let's move on to the fun stuff that was um, Death Before Dishonor. Actually, before we do that, we're going to go over uh, the G1. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because uh, that is three nights uh, that that uh, we're gonna we have to we're gonna go through. Now, of course, I told you off air these tag team matches. You'll notice that. They sound they're the same with the same competitors because the same matches took take place on like uh, different nights. So <clears throat> night so night three took place from the Cebu Arena in Sendai Miyagi, and we have a tag team match right off the bat. We had TMDK or the Mighty Don't Neil defeating Team Filthy. Tom Lawler and Royce Isaacs. United Empire defeated the Bullet Club in an eight-man tag match. Okay. More tag team action. Chaos made up of Kazushika Okada and Yoshihashi defeated Toriano and Ryohei Oiwa. More Bullet Club members. Uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kenta defeated Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kosei Fujita. And in the final tag team match on the pre-show, we had oh. LIJ made up of Shingo Takagi, Sonata and Bushi defeating Suzuki Goon made up of Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Takamichinoku. Okay. All right, and then um, before we continue on, we have a warning. Oh uh, yeah, we do. So we will um. And I don't want to. I don't want to continue and then get cut off. Right. Okay. So we'll jump out of here and be right back. All right. All right. So now we're moving on to the main show itself of night three. In the D block, we had Yujiro Takahashi defeating David Finlay. Tomatonga defeated Chase Owens in block B. Block A, Bad Luck Fale and Lance Archer defeat Lance Archer by countout. And in Block C, Hiroki Goto defeated Tetsu Naido. Sounds good. So now moving on to night four from Tokyo. You know what? I'm going to skip over all the pre-show stuff because it's basically the same thing. So on the main show... Opens up with Block C. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Toa Hanare. Shingo Takagi defeated Yoshihashi in Block D. Block A, Kazushika Okada defeated Toriano. And in the main event, 
Block B singles match. Jay White defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, that had to be a really good match. And now night five, which took place today on July 24th, we had in the opening match, Block D, El Fantasmo defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Sonata defeated Tai Chi in Block B. Block A, Jeff Cobb defeated Bad Luck Fale. And in the main event, in Block C, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Tessa Naido. So as the score stands up to, up to date, Block A, Okada is leading with four points. Jay White leads Block B with four points. Zack Sabre Jr. leads Block C with four points. And Will Ospreay leads Block D with two. Block D, not doing very good. <laughs> right? Holy shit. And uh, preview of uh, Night 6 and 7, we have Great O'Conn versus Chase Owens. Kenta versus Evil, Tom Lawler versus Lance Archer, and David Finley versus Juice Robinson. That's night six. And David how Finley, many how many nights are in this thing? Uh, you know what? That's a good question, and I'll answer that right now. There are twenty. Oh my dear God! So now, uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson are actually uh, our tag team over in New Japan. Oh, cool. They're known as Finn Juice. Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay, no comment. No, nope, nope, I can't do it. <laughs> and, and, and night seven looks like this. Will Ospreay versus Yujiro Takahashi. Toriano versus Bad Luck Fale. Hiroki Goto versus Toa Hanare. And Tomohiro Ishii versus Tamatonga. Oh, oh that's good. Now that, that last match, oof, I would pay money to see that. And so that takes care of the G1 Climax for this week. And now we're going to get into it. The pay-per-view that we both watched earlier today, ROH Death Before Dishonor. Ben, this pay-per-view. Oh my god. Now, before, sorry, before you go on, I'm going to tell you the, the pre-show because I just had it playing in the background because I really didn't care. I wasn't paying attention. But we had Cole Cabana defeating Anthony Henry. The Trust Busters made up Ari Davari and Slum Jay defeating the Shinobi Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger, and Eli Isom. Then we had the Embassy. Apparently, uh, Tully Blanchard's gone from ROH. Yeah, that's a bit, um, that was very random because um, Prince Nana um, of, of Ring of the, Honor yeah, the came embassy. in to replace him. Yeah, so yeah. the Embassy, Brian Cage in the Gates of Agony defeated Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. And in the final match on the on the free show, we had Willow Nightingale defeating Allison K. So Ben, that brings us to the main card. Absolutely. 
Now, this was a, this one, uh, usually, uh, usually, uh, I'm used to seeing the World Heavyweight Championship go, like, in the last match. It's always been the main event, so, like, for as long as I've been watching. Yes, and, you know, and, um, and along those same lines, I, I have always been the guy that believes um, the world championship should main event any pay-per-view that it's on. Yep. Um, however, um, I have to say, in all fairness, based off of the excitement and the buzz that um, the, the Briscoes and FTR have created for this match, especially after their first uh, their first face-off at um, um, Supercard of Honor, mm-hmm. um, I completely understand why this was put um, put as or why their match was put as the main event. Absolutely, absolutely, completely understand that. All right. Uh, um, now, now as we as we mentioned earlier, uh, Gresham appears to be done with uh, Ring of Honor and AEW at this point, uh, following a disagreement with Tony Khan um, over the uh, over the decision to have Gresham drop the title to uh, Casanoli. And if there are any further developments on that story, uh, we will of course bring them to you. Yep. Um, but. Uh, having said that, this was a very um, extremely solid, very good match um, for the um, uh, for the world title. And had you know, folks, um, because of my schedule, um, we we were not able to do a, a pre-show for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I apologize to my co-host for doing that because usually we we do do one, but um, I just I did not have the availability to do one because I actually Ben, do you you know how Bleacher Report has their perfect picks game, right? Yes. So I played the perfect pick game for uh, this pay per view. I got every every pick I got I got right. Well, yeah, I, I, and I, I, in all fairness, I don't think I don't think that that would have been very difficult. Yeah. Um, the only one the, now, the only one that I would have gotten wrong would have been for the World Six Man Championship um, with uh, Dalton Hayes and the Boys versus Vincent uh, Tyler Bateman, and apparently a man that likes to use his tongue a little too much. Uh, Dutch. What? Um, because. I don't know if you saw it, but before before they got in the ring when they were being introduced, uh, Dutch of the Righteous uh, did this very uh, pornographic thing with this tongue that I never wanted to see again. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I, but I, I but I will I will say it was it was, it was good to see um, Vincent because I've I've been a fan of his. And um, even though I don't watch Impact, I do uh, catch clips just in case that there was something really cool uh, going on. And I am a fan of this Honor No More um, storyline that that Vincent has been a part of. Yeah, Vinnie Marcelli is pretty cool. I mean, 
And the guy loves horror movies. When we had him on back in 2014, he like he's one of these big horror movie guys. So, and with uh, and uh, he talked a lot about that on the show. Well, you know, but you know what? Um, speaking of that, you'll be proud of me for this. I think you'll 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 really appreciate this. Um, so, so the righteous came out in all white um, okay. for this uh, pay per view, right. and what? And especially when um, when their valet uh, came out, I'm um, I'm blanking on her name at at this moment. I v- Vita Von Star. Yes, but. Um, when when she came out, I was I mean I was getting like Halloween flashbacks when um, when uh, you know Michael was seeing his mother in a hallucination on on the white you know on the white horse kind of thing. Uh, that's what that kind of reminded me of. It was that and like a, a cross between that and like the Manson family uh, was was what I was which it was just a really cool vibe. Um, so I appreciated that until until Dutch did that thing with his tongue that you know made me <laughs> my, my stomach want to throw up my dinner. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I I would say that this was um, um, but but aside from uh, you know general thoughts. Um, this was this was not a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, but I I, I will say I do think it was the weakest match of of the of the of the evening. I I I understand why it was on there, especially if it was for a championship. Um, but uh, with with everything else that was um, bought to the table for this pay per view, um, this was the one that I. That I don't think needed to be on here, of of you know of the championship matches. I do think that this card, um, even though it, it was it was great, please don't please don't misunderstand. Um, you know some of these some of these um, cards do get overloaded, and we and we've seen uh, we've seen a AEW and Tony Khan fall victim to that in the past. So. Um, this was another example, but uh, it, what it it was it was by no means a bad match. Um, what the nice I, one was really good. Yes, this this was one of my high points of the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta, and I I remember watching the match on TV where Wheeler Yuta won the Pure Championship. Uh, he he actually beat um, Josh Woods. Who who was a um, who was a judge on the panel because um, right, yeah. this is a pure uh, championship match, so obviously conducted under pure rules, mm-hmm. which which we'll get into in a minute if if anyone is unfamiliar with with a pure rules match, but um, but I really enjoyed that little touch because you know. Ha- had it gone to a judge's decision, which I never thought it would, but had it, it would have been very interesting. 
um, considering that um, Wheeler Yuta had taken the title from Josh Woods in, in, in what was a very, very good match. Um, but this match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta, holy shit. <laughs> if, if anybody had any misgivings to, to either of these men, um, and and I I will admit I had I had misgivings about Wheeler Yuta being put in the Blackpool Combat Club, um, but I mean holy shit, this guy can be at any club he wants. <laughs> I'm I'm cool, you know, because after 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 seeing the Josh Woods match and after seeing this match in particular, holy fuck, this guy can go. And you know what? When we I first saw Willie, you know, I wasn't a, a big fan of his. I, I've never seen him before, but like from what I had seen when I first saw him, I wasn't a fan. But like, yeah, this guy is really good. Yeah, um, and uh, and and so is Daniel Garcia. You know, I I hate the gimmick. I hate the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, but this guy has something that I'm very excited about, and one of the one of the um, aspects that um, that I really enjoyed about this match was having William Regal on commentary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he, he was on there for every time. I remember the Blackpool Combat Club was in the ring. Yes, yeah, so there were two matches involving members of the um, of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. The first one, of course, being Claudio versus Gresham, and yeah. then this one with. Garcia, uh, Garcia, Garcia versus Wheeler. Um, yeah, this was this was fantastic, and uh, and Regal really added a lot with his commentary. Not not only knowing the moves and and you know the storytelling with you know how how he trained the the two guys that really started Ring of Honor um, with like. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson and um, Brian Kendrick, mm-hmm. um, which, and, and that comment made me think, how fucking cool is it going to be? Because you know Brian Danielson's coming back on Dynamite this week, right? So how cool is it going to be the next time ROH has a pay-per-view and Brian Danielson is back in ROH? Oh. That, is a, yeah. that is a moment. As a guy who appreciates the history of ROH a lot, that is a moment that will absolutely give me chills to see Brian Danielson back in Ring of Honor. And you give me Brian Danielson versus Claudio Casanoli for the for the ROH world title. What? Holy know, right? fucking shit. Take my money now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, in an earlier edition of the show, I was messing around with you, and I was like, "Where are my kazoos?" And I, you know, I was going through my desk looking for the imaginary kazoos. I might have to buy some kazoos and set them the fuck off. I'll buy, <laughs> I'll buy streamers and set them the fuck off. ROH style for for Dan, uh, for um, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. Holy crap! I mean, that will literally be appointment television for me. Um, 
So, uh, but yeah, this match was absolutely amazing, and I highly recommend it. Um, absolutely one of the high points of the evening. And it kept getting better, really. Um, I was actually um, at a sh the show where um, Roosh lost the, um, the um, ROH world title to Bandito. I was, I believe it was, um, I believe it was uh, um, Final Battle uh, 2021, I think. I could, uh, or maybe Final Battle 2020, I don't rem remember. But, um, so I was very excited to see uh, Roosh again. And, you know, this brother versus brother um, storyline that they went with, was was very very cool and it, it played into the ending because um you know Roosh was selling an injury and uh Dragon Lee went to check on him and it, it, he got hit with a super kick and eventually the, the pin but you know this is one of one of I tell you sometimes folks that I don't like to review matches and and that's why I don't necessarily take notes while I'm watching these things. Um, one, because I want to enjoy them as a fan, but two, um, it just goes a little fast and it, it, and, you know, it, it turns a, a four hour pay-per-view into, into a six hour if I'm trying to take notes and, and um, you know, it takes away from my enjoyment of the situation. But I can tell you, um, go back and, and check this one out. And if you haven't seen Roosh or Dragon Leap before, you are in for an absolute treat. This match was amazeballs. Um, and then um, the, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, people, not, not really a lot, of, a lot of low points on this show. I think we pretty much exhausted our low points when it came to a Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. Big shocker. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez was an absolute clinic in women's wrestling. Even this you was know, a great match. You ask us why we bitch about the women's division over on Monday and Friday nights. Come check out this match and tell me and tell me that you prefer a Charlotte Flair match over over this. Really, really. Like I was, I was over at my friend's house on 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 July 11th watching an episode of Raw and he once again regaled me with his tale of Charlotte Flair being not only the best women's wrestler on the roster but the best wrestler period. What? He believes that Charlotte <laughs> Flair is the best wrestler. Oh, what? Like are you fucking kidding me? I mean she's She's great, but she's not the best wrestler. Come on, what? Exactly. I mean, Jesus Christ. Come watch this match and tell me again how great Charlotte Flair is. Get the fuck out of here. And nothing, nothing against Charlotte Flair is my is my it's my best friend's argument that I'm like, what the fucking, uh, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um. Now. Now, Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. I was let me let me tell you something, folks. I was drooling for this match. I was I was so excited. I, I was 
sitting in front of my TV this afternoon, jumping up and down for fucking joy watching this shit. I mean, I was I was so happy. You, you at, at this point, you could call me a mark. You could call me a spaz. I don't give a fuck. What? This is why I love professional wrestling. The long term storytelling of professional wrestling is personified with this match with uh, Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. Holy shit! Um. Oh crap! Hold on. Oh boy. Uh, uh, well, my host is uh adjusting his headset. I'll give my thoughts. Yeah, this match, this was great. This is the way storytelling should be. People, WWE should, WWE should be taking notes when it comes to storytelling because. This isn't just one match. This is weeks of storytelling between Simone Cho and Shelito going back from the previous pay-per-view to this one. Oh, fuck. And my host is having this match still with his headphones. So yeah, this was another great match, and as I wait for my uh, co-host Ben, <laughs> what's going on? All right. Um, basically, that's all I have. Um, then, uh, the, then we have one one final match, that being the main event. Now, before uh, Ben gives his, while he's uh, still fixing his headset, I'm going to give my thoughts on the main event. This was a great match. You know, FTR versus the Briscoes 1 was great. This was just as great. Two out of three falls. This one was the longest match on the show at 43 minutes and 25 seconds. And better you back. Yeah, I'm back. So I was just going over the FTR match for you while I was waiting. But we'll go back to this Mojo Chilito. Um, yeah, I mean, the and thanks for covering me while I was gone. I, I wanted to be very careful and not break these headphones. Um, and I had to like untwist them. So, anyway, um, Jay Lethal versus Samoa Joe. As I was saying, like this is the storytelling aspect of, of wrestling that I really like. You know, with um, Samoa Joe being the teacher and Jay Lethal being the yeah. student. Um, and and uh, while you were doing that, I was saying how WWE should be taking notes. This is how storytelling should be done from the preview, from the last pay-per-view to this pay-per-view. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Um, you know, and even before the match started, you know, uh, Jay Lethal was coming in doing his entrance, and um, Samoa Joe comes in behind him before before Jay can even finish his entrance. And um, yeah, this was this was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Um, perfect perfect mix of of physicality and psychology, mm-hmm. which which psychology is like the underrated. Um, 
virtue of professional wrestling these days. You know, you see a lot of high spots and stuff like that. And yeah, I enjoy the high spots. But if you can tell me a good story, like like it was done with, you know, um, Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe and Roosh and Dragon Lee, um, you know, sign me up because holy shit. Um, you know, and, and once again, I have to apologize because sometimes, you know, I don't really review the actual matches. I can just like go back and, and watch this shit because it's like, you know, what you see will do more justice to the match than I can. Um, but this was the main event, folks. This was worth the price of admission in and of itself. Another another one I was saying, uh, the first match was great, but this was just as great, and this was the longest match on the card in 43 minutes. Yeah, and, and justifiably so. And, yeah. you know, shout out to, to um, both teams because holy fuck you know and this is also where i get where i get very frustrated uh as well because because you see a match that is as wonderful as this and as wonderful as the as the first match that they had was and and you you see the vast difference between an roh and a wwe where people hate tag team professional wrestling how in the hell did you discredit um you know tag team wrestling after a match like that right i mean wwe had ftr on a silver platter and yet you want to dress them up and put stupid outfits on them and 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 and, you know and and have them lotion each other's backs in the shower that was so bad oh but yeah they're capable of giving you classics like this and you know a lot of people will will say you know well you know that it because it's two to nothing uh you know ftr is automatically better than the briscoes um but it, but you know and, and i i understand that um you know theory but um you know i don't think wins and losses necessarily mean as much in wrestling as they do in other sports obviously because of the predetermined factor let me tell you people it takes two people or two teams or whoever is in that match to make it go holy shit now ben i'm actually looking to uh, looking them up here right they debuted in 2014 I mean, this this squad is just it's just great. Everything about this match, everything about the lead up, you know, the the sit down between the Briscoes and 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 FTR, you know, and and the tequila and and the and the brawl after the fact, and and the promo about um about uh, Cash Wheeler's daughter on uh, on Dynamite. No, no, in. no, Amy Dax Harwood. Or I'm sorry. What did I say? I'm sorry. Cash Wheeler. Yes, Dax Harwood. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. I I knew that was Dax Harwood's daughter. Fuck. I hate him that happens because it makes it look so stupid. Um, but yes, the promo about his daughter. Um, 
you know, just everything about this and the respect that was shown after the fact, um, you know, this, this is storytelling. This is the kind of professional wrestling I want to see. Hard-hitting, good shit. Vince, this is the definition of good shit. Not roasting each other's backs, playing with fucking icy hot. That, you know that this is this is what I'm looking for right here. And, and um, you know how how could how could you not consider these two teams Hall of Fame level teams? I'll even tell you a story about the Briscoes in WWE back in the day, because the, the the Briscoes are homegrown talent from ROH. They are part of the fabric of ROH, right? Mm-hmm. But back in the day. Jay and Mark had a tryout with um with WWE. Okay. And, 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 and this is this is perfect in terms of the differences between ROH and WWE and other you know wrestling. The every everybody said that um you know the Briscoes did great. That the wrestling was, was great, but the reason the reason why they were not called back to join the company. And I watched this on an old um, promo that the Briscoes did, was that they were not, and I quote, aesthetically pleasing enough to be WWE superstars. What? I swear to God, I, I, I will send you a clip of that promo. Aesthetic, wow. Okay. They are not aesthetically pleasing enough. Who the fuck gives a shit about aesthetically pleasing? Well, I'm looking at this now. Do we... WWE tryout in 2009. Okay. On November 24, 2009, the Briscoes had a tryout for WWE at, yeah, but, but at SmackDown ECW tapings. Yeah, but I mean, you know, go back and listen to, to the Briscoes, um, you know, talking shit about that. Yeah, here we go. Uh, as revealed by the Briscoes in a YouTube video, yeah, they right. were eventually turned down by WB as they were not cosmetically pleasing. Oh, co- cosmetically. What? Uh, What's that yeah. even mean? But go go back and actually listen to what they had to say when when we get off the air, and and you'll be like, what the fuck? Wow. You know, but WWE would rather have aesthetically pleasing people and not matches like this. Because they 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 don't like uh, they don't like tag team wrestling. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, so, uh, sorry, sorry. Back to FDR. Uh, so uh, FDR, this was a team that was created by Dusty Rhodes back in 2014, and yeah. they they were known as the Mechanics. Oh God! And they're the only people to have jointly won the 24/7 championship. Well, that's a low point in your career if I've ever heard one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, that, this was a great match. This PPU top the run was great. Absolutely. So, uh, this is all we have for, for ROH? Yes, sir. All right, then uh, we'll be right back to wrap things up. And I got a couple of questions to ask my co-host. Absolutely. stay Stay tuned for that. Very good. We'll be right back. 
All right, Ben, we're back. And before we get into wrestling roulette, I've got a couple of questions to ask for you, to ask you. And that would be? The first one is, should AEW and the WWE do a cross-brand promotion? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. Because they're entirely different entities. If, if uh, WWE really pulls the trigger in terms of changing how they approach things, I'd be willing to do that down the line, but not not right now because they're. I mean, it appeals to entirely different audiences. Okay, so we had we had two comments. The first one said, "I have two words, yes." Okay. And the second one. Okay, says, well that's that's not two words. You fucking yeah, you know what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> and the second one says, "We could see that." By the end of 2022, since Vince ain't here anymore. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's certainly a more reasonable uh, take than the other guy who can't even count. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that being the case for, at least for a number of years. And that's if uh, WWE uh, changes drastically. Well, 66% disagree with you. They say, yes, they should do a cross-brand promotion. Well, that's their opinion, you know? Yeah. And then we have our, our fantasy matchup. Montez Ford versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh, man, I would love to see that. But I I, I mean, I, I would still give it to Eddie Guerrero just because he's Eddie Guerrero. But let's not get it twisted. Montez Ford is is a future world champion in the making. Yep. And uh Eddie Guerrero got ninety percent of the vote. Well justifiably so. And now the and then we have who is the greatest NXT champion of all time? Tommaso Champa. Yeah and uh, we all picked Tommaso Champa on the other show. <laughs> However this one, this one, who's always commenting on my post, his uh, greatest NXT champion of all time is Braun Breaker. The fuck? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I what? I don't give a fuck. That, that was a troll, that's a moron, that's a fucking virgin. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And uh, here's the most recent matchup. Are you ready for this? Yeah. The New Age Outlaws versus FTR. FTR. Absolutely, um, FTR. Actually, you know what? 73% uh, went with the New Age Outlaws. Uh, no. FTR, absolutely. All right. And, uh... Then we have, is Bray Wyatt returning to the WWE? I think eventually, yes. I don't know when, but I think eventually. Well, 50%, 51% said no. Well, but you know, and, and that's justifiable considering how they handled him at the end. But I, I, I do think eventually we'll see it. All right. So those are the questions. Um, so but now we're going to move on to... The final segment, Ben's favorite wrestling roulette. Absolutely. All right. Uh, first of all, uh, Ben's will be back in a second.
Okay, Russian Roulette. They play 21 themes, 10 second clips. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Colonel Mustafa. Ooh, good guess, but no. Who was it? That is the Truth Commission. Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Owen one, here we go. Eddie Guerrero himself had to bless us with his theme after we put him over Montez Ford a few minutes ago. Right? We were just talking about it. And this theme showed up in this in the rotation. Okay, one and one. Here we go. Track three. Uh, Dusty Roads. Dusty Roads. All right, here we go. Uh, Vince McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very, I don't know if that's a perfect timing or very poorly timed, whichever way you want to look at it. Three of one. Okay, here we go. I'm not sure. We never had this one on this. This is the first time. That is Logan Paul. Oh, well, I'm I'm, I'm very proud of myself that I got that wrong. <laughs> because, because that shows you how much I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. And speaking, sp- speaking of Dolph Ziggler, you know, I don't want to go off on a rant because this is this is the fun part of the show uh, for us. Well, it's been fun since we got off the weekend review. Um, but uh, what is Dolph Ziggler doing with Austin Theory? I don't know. I mean, yeah, what? Okay. Moving on. You're right. Uh, that was Brutus Clay and the Funker Dactyls. Brutus Clay, even though it says WWE and Naomi, but whatever. It was Brutus Clay, okay? So, five and two. Okay. Man, this is this is a controversial wrestling roulette right here, boy. <laughs> um Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, six and two. All right, here we go. Track number nine. You ready? Yep. Oh, 
Scorpio, that one of those un- underrated dudes ever. Yeah, but that song was atrocious. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> All right, nine and two. Yeah, nine and two. Uh, I don't. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it eight and two or seven and two? No, it was think... six and six and two. That was eight, and then sorry, this was it's seven and two. I believe it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, seven and two. So here's track 10. You ready? Yeah. You didn't look up while I was conducting the song. (laughs) Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Now it's eight and two. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Um, set, um, Imperium. Oh, 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 is that your final answer? Um, Walter. Oh, you're going to kick yourself. Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, okay. So now it's an eight and three. Three, eight and three. All right. <laughs> Can you replay that? Okay. Well. Uh, Dila Brown? No. Okay. That is K Quick. Oh, well, okay. I can see that. Even All right. More. Eight and four. Here we go. Uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Nine and four. That, that song actually was recently certified gold. I like that song. Yeah, I do too. on the tip of my tongue, but I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, that is Aaliyah. Oh, poor Aaliyah. Okay. Nine, nine and nine and five. Alright. So, track 15. Here we go. Okay. 
was terrible. I don't have one earthly clue. That is Aldo Montoya, the man of war. Oh, God. Poor just incredible. <laughs> I didn't stick. All right, here we go. Track uh, 16. Here we go. I'm losing momentum here, but I don't know. That is a canyon. Oh, God. Canyon. Poor canyon. Nine and seven. Christian? No. Okay. That is Gail Kim. Oh. Okay. Nine and eight. Um. Yeah, seventeen. Right. Yeah. So track eighteen. Here we go. No clue. The core. Oh, fuck the core. <laughs> Drag 19, here we go. Thank you for playing my theme. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 10 and 9. You're back on the plus side. Cool. All right, here we go, track 20. I am pr- I'm, I'm proud to say once again, I had no idea. That is Nikki Cross. Jesus Christ. Bring back Nikki Cross, please. All right, 10 and 10. Here it is. This is the one that's going to do it. Are you ready? Yep. Your final one. That is uh, Lita. Lita. Yes, 11 and 10. That's awesome. All right. I would have felt really bad because she's like my all-time favorite, you know, women's performer. Out of curiosity, let's see what the next one would have been. Do we see her at SummerSlam? I certainly hope so, Bailey. Uh, <laughs> she she needs it so bad. All right, Ben. I want to see you bring the show to a close. Very good. All right, so um, we are going to be going to be back on Tuesday night with our SummerSlam preview. We're, we're also on track because we said we were going to do Survivor Series ninety three, but. 
being that uh, we skipped that tonight, we're going to do SummerSlam 93 on Tuesday, and then the following week, we'll do Survivor Series 93. Yeah, okay, cool. So we'll have Raw, SummerSlam predictions, SummerSlam 93. I'll even throw in that, uh, Continental, that Continental Wrestling one from December 27th. Okay, cool. And that'll be uh, the show for Tuesday night. So, Ben. For my co-host, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This has been the Repeat Supergrash Wrestling Podcast. Ben, signate to the fans. See you later, guys. Thank God I didn't. Thank God I didn't mislead at the end there. I was so, starting to slip. You really would have kicked yourself. Uh, yeah, even worse than Shizuke Nakamura. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm embarrassed about that, but I shall do better. Uh, just as we hope WWE does. Sons, Vince McMahon.